What is up team? Welcome back to the show. Today we are digging into how to minimize hunger on a diet. So you're probably familiar with the feeling when you're finally in the groove of of dieting, um, you're feeling amazing, and then all of a sudden at 3 p.m. or maybe at nighttime, your stomach starts growling so hard it feels like it could literally punch through your ribcage. It makes it hard to sleep and impossible to not reach for some snacks which inevitably leads to you falling off of your diet. Now, the reality is, hunger is a self-inflicted wound in the battle of dieting. It's hard not to fall prey to it, especially when you're surrounded by food around the office or at home with your kids. Hunger can make any morsel of food look appealing, and that might get you into trouble because you'll eat anything that looks appetizing even if it's not a fit for your macro plan. I know I've been there, and really we all probably have. You're on a diet and you can't get through the day without hunger pangs driving you crazy. But don't worry, I've got this. So today's episode is going to give you some foods and tactics that will help you take the edge off of your ravenous appetite so you can stay on track for weight loss success. So let's start by digging into why dieting makes us hungry. First and foremost, we need to talk about hormones. So there are two main hormones that control our hunger and fullness. We have one, ghrelin, which is the hunger hormone, and it's released when your stomach is empty. When your stomach is filled, it's suppressed. Second, we have leptin, which is the fullness hormone. Now, leptin is a bit more complicated than ghrelin. Leptin is correlated with your fat cells. So the more fat tissue you have, the more leptin you have. The leaner you are, the less leptin you have. For this reason, once you get lean enough, you will feel more hungry more often. Now, there are other hormones in the body that inhibit hunger like insulin, pancreatic pancreatic polypeptide, amylin, peptide YY, and hormone CCK, I'm not even going to try to pronounce the name, which are all released in response to eating food. All these hormones are decreased as you lose weight. See, our bodies are not optimized to want to lose weight, but rather they're optimized to not starve to death and they're pretty damn good at it. Next, we have stretch receptors. There are neurons or stretch receptors in the intestines that tell our brain we are full and can't stop eating. The food passes through the stomach and into the intestines where the intestinal wall is stretched and the receptors send the signal through the vagal nerve to the brain that enough food has been eaten and okay, you are good, you can now stop eating and that releases the hormones that I mentioned earlier that inhibit hunger. When you reduce your calories but don't switch up any food choices, you reduce food volume So you don't have as much stretch in the intestines and you can't really take advantage of these stretch receptors. Next, we have emotional hunger. A lot of hunger and cravings come from habits or emotion. Many people turn to food for comfort, to fill time, to celebrate, or just out of habit at certain times of the day. If you have a snack at 8 p.m. every night before bed, you'll eventually start getting hungry at that time out of sheer habit, not out of true physical hunger. So now that that's clear, let's talk through some tactics you can use to minimize hunger, starting with fasting. So ironically, fasting can be a useful tool when trying to stay full on a diet. You have a smaller amount of calories to eat when trying to lose fat, so consolidating these calories to a smaller window during the day means you can eat a larger meal during the eating window, or several larger meals. A lot of people aren't hungry or don't prefer to eat breakfast in the morning anyways, and if that's you, you may want to try intermittent fasting. 
Many find it easier to be really hungry for a couple hours in the morning rather than just kind of this dull hunger that's present all day long. So let's say your target calories for the day are 2000. So instead of eating 500 calories at 7 a.m., 11 a.m., 3 p.m., and 6 p.m., you could try eating 800 calories at 1 p.m., eat a 200 calorie snack at 3 p.m., and then 1,000 calories at 6 p.m. This way you have, or you get to have larger meals later in the day because you've saved up calories by skipping breakfast. So if you are someone who has any binge eating tendencies, one thing to realize is this tactic could backfire. So you do need to know your personality and if this would work for you or cause problems. That said, we have quite a few clients. Um, a lot of our clients that are busy professionals who don't, they're not super active. So calories in a fat loss phase are relatively low because calories burned are low. Um, but also like very much value meals with their families later in the evening. Like, uh, uh, so my client Colin comes to mind, someone who has lost what I believe he lost was a 40 pounds. Um, he's gone through a building phase since, and then we're about, he's built a lot of muscle, but stayed very lean. Now we're about to take him through another cut to get him ready for the summer. And I'm stoked to see the results of that. But anyways, in his initial fat loss phase, he had the, Three to five times per week, his family would go out to dinner. Um, not cooked in, but out. It was typically like higher calorie around 1,000 to 1,200 calories. And the reality it was for him, he had a diet on around 2,000 calories. So actually, this is a perfect example. Um, and he was someone who, in the fat loss phase, it just worked super well for him to, hey, like, let's just push your first meal back. He did train in the morning, so okay, we're going to have a protein shake. And that's the thing with fasting, like... Unless you are fasting for 24 hours plus, there's not really going to be any major health benefits to fasting. So like a shorter fasting window, it's okay to like, hey, I'm just going to have a protein shake and then I'm fine um, until noon or one. And that's what we did with him because we still wanted to make sure he was getting as much out of his training as possible. And you are, if, you are, if you're training in a fasted state, it's probably a good idea to have a protein shake post-workout. Um, but regardless, you get the idea. And then sometimes he would work later. He would work out later in the day and he would eat like a meal. His first meal would be immediately before and then have a snack post workout. But again, very helpful. Um, like meal timing is one of the main factors we can manipulate to help you reduce hunger. Next, increase protein. So protein is the most satiating macronutrient. Aside from maximizing muscle retention and having a high thermic effect, it's also smart to just set protein higher in a fat loss phase because it's still filling. So typically we'll have our clients set protein anywhere from 0.8 to 1.5 grams per pound of body weight. Um, really past like 1.5 grams per pound of body weight, most people are displacing so many carbs and fats that it can actually be detrimental to either energy levels or hormones or we could like create some fatty acid deficiencies um, or else digestion. Like if you have a decent amount of calories to work with, but protein is just past 1.5 grams, then typically people will start to run into digestive issues. Next, we have high volume foods. High volume means a food takes up a lot of space for very few calories. This means for less calories, you can get that stretch receptor response that cues your brain that you're full. These foods usually have a high fiber and water content, which also helps fill you up. So some examples of high volume foods, salads. Salads are great because they can take a long time to eat. They're full of water and fiber. You can mix in lots of other vegetables and they're a good vehicle for lean proteins. Whenever a client is having a lot of hunger, we always suggest adding a big ass salad to their day. 
Next, we have cruciferous vegetables. So cruciferous veggies include things like broccoli, cauliflower, and Brussels sprouts. They're high in fiber and very few calories. Now you don't wanna overdo these because they could cause digestive stress, but they are very filling. And fruit. So yes, fruit is not only okay to have on a diet, but it's great to include plenty of fruit. Fruit is full of water, fiber, and micronutrients. It's great for killing a sweet tooth too. If you wanna to stick to the highest volume fruits, go for things like berries, oranges, watermelon, or apples. Popcorn. Popcorn is great because it takes a long time to eat and it's very low calories for a large serving size. Air Pop popcorn is only 31 calories per cup and has 1.2 grams of fiber. Just be aware of any toppings like butter or oil, of course. Oatmeal, so since oatmeal is cooked with water, it ends up being a large amount of volume per calorie. A half cup of oatmeal ends up being about a cup when cooked and has approximately 150 calories. For comparison, a cup of granola has 560 calories. And finally, we have broth-based soups. So broth-based soups are great because they take time to eat. The broth is very low calorie and you can include lots of vegetables and protein. All right, next up, we need to talk about fiber. So including fiber in your diet is a good idea to keep you full longer. Fiber has two types. First, soluble fiber. So soluble fiber mixes with liquid in your gut and forms a gel that expands. So think of chia seeds that bulk up and form a gel that expands, kind of the same concept here. This means you get the stretch of your gut that causes fullness quicker with fewer calories. On the other hand, we have insoluble fiber. So insoluble fiber doesn't form a gel like soluble fiber does, but it does activate the stretch receptors in the colon and helps you feel full for longer. So first know that the high volume foods that I mentioned above are also good fiber sources, but to go along with that, some other good fiber sources to include things like berries, apples, bananas, carrots, beets, broccoli, artichoke, oats, quinoa, potatoes and sweet potatoes, broccoli, already said broccoli, Brussels sprouts, squash, spinach, okra, asparagus, kale, mushrooms, chia seeds, and cacao. Next, we have single macro foods. So single macro foods go right along, right along with the volume foods because eating foods with predominantly one macronutrient typically means you're eating more food volume. So for example, consider which has more volume and is more filling. A, four ounces of chicken breast and a whole avocado, or B, a four ounce ribeye. Both have the same amount of fat and the chicken and avocado meal actually has more protein. So it's pretty easy to conclude that, okay, the first option will probably yield much more fullness per calorie. For another example, let's compare A, one cup of plain fat-free Greek yogurt plus 24 almonds and a cutie, one of those little mini oranges, or a protein bar. Once again, both of these options have the same macros. The first options in both examples are more filling because you're having a protein source, a carb source, and a fat source, instead of having one food with mixed macros. This means you get more food volume and it's more filling. Next up, water and fizzy drinks. So water and other zero calorie drinks will fill your stomach, which will temporarily help feel full. A lot of people will also feel hungry when they really just need to drink some water. Carbonated drinks have the added benefit of bubbles, which will make these drinks extra filling. This can include things like flavored carbonated water and diet soda, which are also sweetened. So if you have a sweet tooth, these can help curb that craving as well. Next, it's a good idea to just slow down. So you might have heard that it takes 20 minutes for your brain to realize 
you're full. Well, I'm not sure the full evidence behind this. It's safe to say that that's at least somewhat true. And if you're speed eating, you may eat past the point of fullness by mistake. You probably experienced a time where you ate too quickly and it ended up feeling absolutely stuffed a while after finishing, even though you felt comfortably full when you first finished the food. So slowing down the pace of your eating means your intake won't outpace your brain. And there are a few different ways to force yourself to slow down when you have a habit of eating quickly. One, eat with your non-dominant hand. If you do this, you probably just aren't coordinated enough to eat too fast. I feel like I'm barely coordinated enough to eat with my dominant hand. Um, two, chew a certain number of times. This is probably annoying, yes, but it can work because you may not be chewing your food thoroughly enough if you're eating fast. Um, a bonus side effect of this is that you may experience less bloating because you'll be gulping down less air if you're chewing thoroughly. Number three, set your food or spork down between food or spoon or fork damn down between bites or take a couple of breaths between each bite this automatically adds time between each bite so you can't go too fast finally eat without distraction you may be eating too fast just because you're distracted if you eat mindfully and without doing anything else at the same time you will probably naturally slow down next we have zero or low calorie foods so zero and low calorie foods can be a way to swap out high calorie items like condiments, sauces, and other extras. So for example, some of the, these foods would be things like G Hughes, sugar-free barbecue sauce, um, sugar-free syrup, powdered peanut butter, almond or other nut milks, low-fat dressings, and sugar-free jello. Foods like these can allow you to use those calories for more filling foods. So for example, instead of using 50 grams of carbs on pancake syrup, you can use a sugar-free syrup and have those carbs in the form of potatoes later in the day, which will fill you up a lot more than syrup, or you could just have more pancakes. This And this very much reminds me of my client, Kim, from Australia. Actually, we have two Kims from Australia on the roster, which is kind of crazy. Um, <laughs> it's hella jello, sugar-free jello in her food diary also. So um, I think they both listen to the podcast too, so... Kim from Australia, you know which one of you you are, um, the one with the jello. <laughs> Anyways, they do contain calories um, when we're talking about these foods. They do often t contain calories, even if they don't say that they do. So, for example, if we dig into like um, a good example of this is like cooking spray that's labeled like olive oil cooking spray that's labeled labeled as zero calories but really it's like zero calories per an eighth of a second um so while there are still some calories present it is pretty negligible typically and that said most of the foods listed here are foods that are like they are genuinely just good very low calorie options um now the thing to realize is these foods also commonly use sugar alcohols which can cause some digestive stress so be careful with the amount that you're using Next, we have gum. So two types we talked about, or the two types of hunger we talked about earlier were emotional and habitual. And gum can really help with both of these. So if you know you have a habit of snacking on something at 8 p.m. every night, and this is a habit you wanna break, putting a piece of gum in your mouth at 7.45 gives you something to chew on and taste, and it makes the food seem less appetizing. You would have to consciously take the gum out of your mouth to eat the snack, which brings mindfulness into the equation, so you're not grabbing something and eating it without thought. So while hunger may be unavoidable towards the end of the diet if you're getting very lean, 
it doesn't have to be unmanageable or constant. With the use of some of these tactics, you can definitely mitigate the discomfort of severe hunger pains and make sticking to your diet more doable so you can finally reach your body composition goals. Now, two other critical factors to whether your diet succeeds or not are accountability and having the structure of a clear plan to follow. Our online coaching service provides you with both of these. So to apply to work with our team, click the link in the show notes to schedule a strategy call. We'll create a tailored plan to get you to the physique you've always wanted and expertly guide you through every step of your transformation. And that is all I have for you guys for today. As always, thank you for tuning in.